Hey everybody, welcome to the Weekender edition of the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jody H. Sexton, I'm here with Nick Houseman. Uh, we got a lot to talk about before we get to the weekend. Uh, we, we, we've got a push for voting rights uh, acts. Uh, we've got the Democratic Party in disarray. We've got the Republican Party basically cutting each other's throats and bathing in each other's blood. Uh, Nick, we, we, we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, and it's, at least it's interesting. It might be a little bit new, some new subjects to talk about a little bit, uh, which is nice. I think uh, we could you know, at least use a little refreshing of the pod. Well, you know, I, I, I think in terms of all of this, um, the showdown that we're getting ready to watch and, and you know, we're, we're, we're inching up on Martin Luther King Day. The Democratic Party has a strategy uh, that will supposedly pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, which we'll talk about, like, the, the ins and outs of that, whether or not it might work or not. Uh, but the narrative is sort of refreshing a little bit because uh, it has to. Things have been rough. Uh, it's been a little bit of a doldrum, particularly among the left and among the Democratic Party. Uh, I, I think they're trying to turn this into a story that's heading into next week. But I got to be honest, and I hate to be the the wet blanket. I don't like being the wet blanket. I like being the. I, I guess the opposite of is a cozy blanket. A nice warm cozy blanket. A, yeah. a nice warm snuggie is what I I like to be. I like to be the cool pillow. See, that's a good thing to <laughs> I like that. I don't like to be the wet blanket, but uh, there are problems. There are looming roadblocks that are along the way. Um, so now that, that, that Chuck Schumer has announced this strategy, um, and, and we'll talk about what it is, how it works, just your initial thoughts, Nick. Are you feeling, are you feeling hopeful? Do you, do you see uh, a bad moon arising? What, what are you thinking here? Um, you know, it's interesting that we finally get Biden using a bully pulpit a little bit to try and yep. push this and try and get him to do the uh, a filibuster or eliminate the filibuster, but it doesn't feel like they're going to do it. It's, that's not going to happen. Okay, so there you go. So no, th the, if that's what you're asking me. Listen, Biden going out, and and I and again, God, I hate being a wet blanket. Biden going out to Atlanta, my neck of the woods, and you know, giving this big speech about wanting to eliminate the filibuster in order to secure voting rights was a lot of pageantry. Um, there, there was a lot of talk about a lot of different things. It was the thing that he needed to do. But I have to tell you, uh, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, and a whole host of Democrats have no interest whatsoever in breaking the filibuster. So it's it, it, it sounds right, and it's what the president should be saying. But no, I, I don't I don't see uh, that. Happening. Oh, but did you see Joe Manchin say, "Well, wait a minute, I will look at voting rights. I could we could try and figure out that, and we could figure out uh, you know protections for coal miners, whatever he was, and and, and uh, the environment." He actually went back and started saying that again as if he's going to now, in good faith, renegotiate again. Uh, well, he'll look at it. I right. mean, you know, On his yacht. Aid, yeah, if an aide print... Well, actually, and one of his aides printing it off and putting it on his desk, too much. If one of the Democratic aides from somebody else prints it off, he'll take a look at it, I assume, as he's... You know, looking at pictures of black lung or something. Well, no. Well, while you're sitting on the back of the of the what's the back of the yacht called the porch, whatever. It's almost heaven. Yeah. It's because it's from uh from the John Denver song. His yacht is called almost heaven. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, you know, almost yeah. heaven. Um, you know, it's 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 very boring on a yacht. You need some reading material. You need things to do while you're sitting in there. And you know, uh, and if you run out of coal in order to warm your hands, maybe you can even burn a Voting Rights Advancement Act. Maybe that's the way you'll do it. Yeah. But, but yeah. Here, here, the one thing I liked about what what Biden or sorry what Schumer is saying is the concept is how can local governments 
with a majority only vote radically changed the way we're going to do our voting system. And yet we don't have that same threshold in the Senate. That to me resonates to some degree. I'm like, okay, that's kind of a, a not a bad argument to try and push the agenda through with only you know majority rule. Well, you know, when you say it like that, it's it's almost like the United States Senate was set up in order to protect rich interest of white, wealthy, slaveholding men in order to maintain their profit and their slavery base. And and, and almost like it's a, it's a decrepit system that people hide behind and pretend like it wasn't put there for white and wealthy men. Hey, if that was true, then the filibuster would have been written into the Constitution, Jared, right in the first day. Right? right in the first day. No, it was something they cooked up later on in order to protect right. white supremacy. Because <laughs> they, they, they like said, oh, exactly. They're like, oh, shit, this didn't work the way we thought it was going to. We better fix this. Well, which, by the way, I, I so the Schumer thing, he's exactly right. Like, the, and it's insane that we're in 2022 AD and we're still doing things in this way where there's like a gentleman's agreement. And by the way, anytime we start talking about gentlemen's agreements, we're talking about a bunch of rich white men like in a cloakroom, right? Mm -hmm. Deciding to keep, you know, slavery and Jim Crow alive. In this case, he's exactly right, but he's not saying the truth here, which is the system doesn't work because it was intended not to work. It's supposed to keep stuff like this from happening. It's supposed to keep entrenched power and white supremacy going forward. So Schumer is exactly right. This is how things should work. And what he has proposed, uh, just to get into a little bit of the minutia, a little bit of the, the wonkiness, um, basically he's trying to do a workaround. And this is through a process that can be referred to as messaging. And that's whenever the House and the Senate go back and forth with legislation, they can amend it and eventually you can get around the idea of the filibuster. Well, so this might work. It, it, it's crazy enough to work, Nick. The problem is you still need all 50 of your people to vote for it as they understand, which they are breaking the filibuster without breaking the filibuster, right? It's, again, wink and a nod. In this case, you have at least a half dozen Democrats who don't want to break the filibuster. And again, we've said this before, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema were out there in front of a bunch of other Democrats who didn't want to do it. It just so happens that it benefited them politically and financially to pretend to be the only ones against it. Now, all of a sudden, you have Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin is the majority whip. And Dick Durbin, as, as majority whip, it is his job to make sure that all of the votes are in place. And let's check in with old Dick Durbin, Nick. You want to do that and see what he thinks about this situation? Sure. I mean, my hometown, my home state. Um, so, yeah. so, 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 Nick, um, a, a reminder again that Dick Durbin, who is the majority whip for the Democrats, it is his job to make sure that all of the votes are in place for uh Am I wrong here that this is one of the more important votes in the last 50, 60 years, give or take? Yeah, you're not wrong. Dick Durbin, not sure where the votes are. Quote, not sure where the votes are. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, not not sure is, is a nice way to put it. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. That's his quote. Not sure. Well, you know, listen, there is... There is some hand-wringing going on here from a lot of people in the notion that if and when the Democrats are not in power, 
you'd hate to get rid of this thing and then they wouldn't be able to you know, have any say. And we've seen, you know, listen, if you want to compare pound for pound the Republican platform and the Democratic platform, it, you would argue that it's much more nefarious if the, the Republicans are going to be able to push through all these things without any kind of blowback. The and, Democrats but, can't push through anything. Let's be very clear. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's not who they are. Well, by the way, like I was talking to somebody recently, like, well, you know, what happens if they get the, if the Republicans get the White House and they get the Senate and they get the House? And I'm like, yeah, don't you remember they had it? And what did they do? Nothing. Tax cuts. Tax, tax cuts. cuts. Okay, they got tax, tax cuts. Tax cuts. Here's the question I have, because these, these are the kind of, um, you know, to get the, the, the Republican base all fired up, that, you know, abortion's one of those things and, and, and gay rights or whatever else they, they like to cook. Jewish uh, lasers. Jewish yeah. lasers. Um, Dr. Seuss. Yes, very much so. Um, all, all the places that we will go. So the question I have is, is um, will the... Will this issue of voting rights rise to that level? Because that's generally what motivates these politicians to push this thing like this. You know, because needless to say, I'm old enough to remember Mitch McConnell going on the Senate floor and spouting out eloquently for minutes and minutes about how uh, the uh, the filibuster isn't needed when majority rule is in place and we, we would need to get rid of it to pass certain things they want to pass. So he was on and, board and, with that in you know 2007. And don't think for even a moment that Mitch McConnell or whoever succeeds him, the, don't even think for a second the Republican Party would keep the filibuster if it kept them from doing what they wanted. Like, don't even... Right. Don't even so that so it's no. yeah it's it's a non-issue because they'll do it we'll both do it anyway. So I'm going to read here just a quick little thing from uh, Joe Biden's remarks, and and I want to point out everything that you just said is dead on accurate. And here is the problem: what is it that would spur it? What is it that would create the passion necessary for something like this to go forward? For there to be some sort of a uh, reforming of voting rights, right? Something big. And th these are these are a quick few remarks from Biden. And he's not wrong in any of this, but I want to point out what he's not saying here. He says, and today we call on Congress to get done what history will judge, right? And as he's calling on Congress to do this, he's pointing out what the history of this is, right? And of course, we've got John Lewis in the title of it. And as he starts talking about that history, he says, in their lifetimes, the, the people who fought for you know these voting rights reform and, and actual voting rights for African-Americans, in their lifetimes, time stopped when a bomb blew up on the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham and murdered four little girls. Terrible tragedy. Time stopped when John, John Lewis, and many others seeking justice were beaten and bloodied while crossing the bridge at Selman, named after the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Absolutely. He's completely right. Time stopped, and they forced the country to confront the hard truths and to act, to act to keep the promise of America alive and the promise that holds that we're all created equal, but more importantly, deserve to be treated equally. Well, what's not being said there and what people don't like to admit is it's not that those events just in a vacuum made things better. It was that they were televised that they were politicized, that the country was thrown into a crisis in which white liberals had to confront what they were a part of, right? What they had turned their eyes away from and what they had allowed to happen in the South. That's really different from this. Do you know what I mean? Like just saying, oh, we need to take care of this. Well, sometimes you have to make people confront what the possibility is. That's what makes 
Congress do what it does. That's what makes administrations work. Sometimes it's tragedy. Sometimes it's radicalizing moments. Sometimes it's having to take a long, look, long, hard look in the mirror. In this case, what you just said, what is the galvanizing thing? You have to tell them what happens if you don't pass this. It's not just that you keep, you know, black Americans from voting. It's it's going to grow right. and grow and grow and grow. And where does that lead? You have to start talking about this anti-democratic movement and taking it seriously in order to actually stir people to action. Well, you know, the thing is also is you're talking about the power of images and how that's swayed the country since we've had the technology to do that. And what's the image? Like somebody walking into a voting booth? Like that's not compelling. That is, that's nothing. That's something you do on your way to work. Right. Right, so that they're lacking that, but you're, yeah. what, you need, what you're saying is, yes, we need to go to the next step of like, what happens after we lose our ability to vote uh, you yep. know, uh, and, and have our voices heard, uh, and that's the cascade of, of awful policies that the Republicans want to pursue. You know, it, it really goes down to the notion of, you know, if you are able to acknowledge that this election was free and fair, then what what is the usefulness of all of you know the 200 plus laws that they've enacted across the country to reduce the ability to vote like that is the real crux here is yep. there, there's only one answer there's only one motivation to why you'd want to stop uh, you know a voting process that's finally finally in our country been able to get the most people we could ever get to to be involved in the process and then that, that's this is what their reaction is that is the most telling thing but again it takes too many words to to describe that and make that clear i guess they don't want you to vote yeah i mean, I mean there it is they don't want you to vote and yeah. and and they've kept you from voting and they've I mean, said this yeah. like that's yeah. the thing this is out and loud now and that's the that right. They don't even hide this shit. Like when when they're amongst themselves, we've covered this. They say the problem isn't not enough people voting. It's the wrong people voting. They've said this out loud. And in order to actually deal with this, and this is what the civil rights movement did. The civil rights movement held up a mirror and said, "Hey, you need to recognize that white supremacy is it has just absolutely riddled this culture." And if you don't do something about it, these horrors are going to continue, right? You're watching people get their brains beat out. You're watching John Lewis get beaten. You're watching dogs sicked on people. You're watching hoses being turned on people. And suddenly you have to make a decision, which is, am I okay going to bed at night having that on my conscience? And by the way, that happened because of television. That's because mass media finally took something that had been happening for years and made you confront it and look at it every night. Right. In this case, you're exactly right. Just putting up a picture of a voting booth, that doesn't do it, man. You have to talk about actual white supremacy. You have to talk about the fact that they're going into your schools. They're going to they're going to take away your uh, your ability to choose what you do with your body. They're going down the line, making all this obvious. You can't just pin it on Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the mascot of this. He was the spokesperson for this. There's something more insidious underneath the surface. Well, that's what I loved about uh, Biden's speech is because he did a comparison back and forth a little bit later where he said, do you want to be on the side of, uh, of um, Bull Connor? Or, or John Lewis. Do you want to be on the side of, well, he said Abraham Lincoln and, oh, oh I'm sorry, uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Davis. Lincoln, Jefferson Davis, Jesus. Uh, you know what I mean? I like that. Again, it's a little bit tough because some, you know, Jefferson Davis might not mean anything that a lot of people, but actually, you're in the South. That name is, still has a lot of recognition, right? Oh, yeah. Every now and then you just look up and you're driving on uh, Jefferson Davis Parkway. Avenue. Okay. Or 
Because yeah. in the north, you know, Jefferson Davis is not a word that, you know, a name that we know that you know, well. It's, it's really fun to live in the south and just, you know, you're on Jefferson Davis Avenue and then all of a sudden you turn on Main Street and all of a sudden there's a Confederate memorial right there. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like Lee Boulevard and it's like, I wonder what Lee we're talking about. <laughs> right. You know, and, yeah. and that is the issue that is at stake here. Because if you actually go down the list and we're talking, okay, so we got Mark Kelly. Right. I'm talking about Democrats right now who are a little bit uncomfortable with, you know, messing around with the filibuster for voting rights. Mark Kelly, Manchin, you got Cinema, Chris Coons, you got John Tester, you got Shaheen. You got all these people. Let me tell you something. Most of the people who are not for this, they don't understand that down here, it's still there. You know what I mean? Like that white supremacist neo-Confederate culture is still churning. They're in the north. They're in the east. They're in the west. And yeah, they can catch glimpses of it. And maybe every now and then they see somebody with a Confederate flag. And they're like, oh, that's weird for that to be in Michigan. But, you know, it's not the constant awareness of what has happened. And so you're right. I think shining the light on that past is really, really important. But I got to tell you, man, I read these articles covering Schumer's ideas they're not talking about people getting beaten in Selma. They're not talking about, you know, your right to choose being taken away. It's it's bloodless. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's technical. Like, who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Is this technique going to win out? It doesn't have, like, humanity to it. Well, that's the problem. Is I'm, Here's what I'm getting to. This is how deep and dark my world is becoming. Is I'm, I'm starting to have these ideas, and we talk about this all the time, where the, the Republicans and all those people, are, they're just convinced that like their platform and their ideas would make America great. And it doesn't matter what we have to do to get these things installed and, and happen. You will see eventually how much better it'll be for everybody. Like that's, their, that's what they're convinced of. That's why they're yeah. willing to break every law and do, break every norm to do this. It's weird, by the way, Nick, that's, that's also how prophets feel about religions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've been given a vision. I know what's going to happen. And listen, if we have to kill some infidels and we have to get to the other side of this thing, you'll thank me when we get to paradise. I right. mean, you, it's the exact same strain of thought. And, and I admit, like, I will go down the rabbit hole and I'll look at, like, people, you know, right wing nuts, you know, Twitter feeds and what they're saying and all this kind of stuff. And I got to tell you, I've thought about this in the sense that, like, you know what, this guy probably doesn't deserve to vote. And so then you start saying, well, gosh, if I'm now willing to say, well, this person shouldn't be allowed to vote, it's the same, you know, they're saying the same thing on the other side. And, you know, I, I, and I'm starting to get this one of like, well, geez, like how bad would it be if they end up taking over and putting all these things in? I mean, we kind of know the big ticket issues and what would happen. And that seems terrible. And it certainly wouldn't reflect the will of the people, which is like, what, what's, what, what's our government supposed to be? Oh, yeah, democracy. So it's supposed to be that way, too. Um, but I, I can see this weird path of like going, you know what? Fuck it. If you guys are that willing to break every law and do this thing, then like I, there's nothing we can do. Like that's I'm almost getting to that point where I'm like, I, that's how I feel. And then hoping that maybe it would be as reasoned and reasonable, you know, as it can be with what they want to do with the country when they do get all the power. Well, I listen, I'm so glad you brought this up because there was something I wanted to talk about today. Um there was this article that came out in Politico. And for those who, again, maybe you're not as big a sickos as everybody else. Maybe you're not looking through all this media all the time. Maybe you're not focused on all the time. But I have to tell you, 
that every liberal, neoliberal policy wonk out there who has a soapbox, right, who probably was employed by Vox at some point, (laughs) they all shared this article. And this article from Politico, and Politico is sort of like the ESPN.com of politics, right? It's who won, who lost, and, and it's just insider stuff. And this is by John F. Harris. And the title of the article is, We Are in a New Civil War, dot, 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 about what exactly? And what Harris starts talking about in this is he's like, well, the Civil War was about slavery. That's what it was about. And in that, he's sort of correct. But he's not completely correct because the Civil War wasn't just about slavery, which was part of it. It was about economic systems that were clashing, right? It was about what type of way of life was going to win out in, in industrialized modernity. Right now, what you just said, what you just laid down, the lack of trust that that side will play by the rules of liberal democracy right? They believe, by the way, and, and we've been accused of this, that we're somehow or another getting George Soros money. Like, and, and I know we joke about that, right? You know, I didn't get my check last month or whatever, but that's undermining the fact that, like, there are more of us than there are them, mm-hmm. right? And meanwhile, they're trying to tear down these democratic constructions and institutions. What's actually happening here is that all of the white supremacy that American was built built up on, all of the Christian values that coalesced to take over power, and on top of that, the economics have changed so much and conditions have gotten so bad that we have reached the point of possibly killing each other in mass numbers. We've already killed each other in different ways. We've got one party that is trying to take over the government in totality. You're exactly right to feel that way of, I don't know that I can trust these people. What we are in is a crisis of liberal democracy. We have reached the point in which conspiracy theories, in which the accumulation of capital, the exploitation by the wealthy, and white patriarchal supremacy, those things are in crisis. There's a reason why we're dealing with this right now. Well, are you familiar with the notion that World War One caused World War Two? I'm familiar with my own theory that World War One and World War Two were basically the same conflict extended out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, then there's some credence to the notion that, like, the Civil War, it, you know, it led us to where we are now. It, like, caused it because they never properly dealt with it through the Reconstruction. And we didn't beyond. solve it. Yeah. We didn't solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting concept that people don't necessarily, I think, have wrapped their heads around and are, are unwilling to. Certainly the people who are unwilling to do that are the ones who want to make sure that schools are not teaching, you know, racism and don't make my white kids feel bad about what really happened in this country. It, it feels like that those are the people who never want to, you know, reflect on what the the issues were the Civil War were in the beginning. And by the way, it's also a failing of our schools that completely yep. failed to teach that properly. I mean, I, what's the biggest concept I took away? from from learning about it in like fourth grade was the brother against brother right that's maybe the thing i remember oh you know, the, the, the other thing that we're taught and this it, this is telling and it, it didn't occur to me until i was writing american rule because like when i write books right like when i talk about a war i talk about the reasons that the war happened and what the consequences of the war are i'm not interested in who charged i'm not interested in <laughs> right. what artillery won what did we walk away from the Civil War in American education? Oh, there were great generals on both sides. I mean, they you should have seen Robert E. Lee on that horse. He was handsome and he was a genius. And I, So it 
it is the mythologizing of it because you're exactly right we didn't take care of business we did not take care of what caused the civil war the founding of the country got us to the civil war after the civil war guess what members of both party plus also corporations and the wealthy were like hey we need to end this reconstruction shit and get to business <laughs> right right and so we haven't dealt with it you're exactly right so the seeds of this have been developing for a while but you have people like this harris guy and all of the commentators and pundits who are sharing this article they can't get it you know what i mean they 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 can't wrap their heads around why this is happening right now so the only thing they can do is talk about are the republicans winning or are the democrats winning yeah and everything else is outside their idea of reality they cannot imagine why things are happening the way that they are right now because they don't even have the beginnings of a frame for it that 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 match anything close to reality and you've been listening to a free preview of our patreon exclusive weekender show if you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week not to mention exclusive content uh live hangouts question and answer sessions we're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast on top of that you get to hang out with the muckrake community which are uh really good group of people so you should do that that is patreon.com slash muckrake podcast we'll see everybody next week